Hello, beautiful Masterpiece Women. I hope you're having a wonderful day today. Welcome back to the Masterpiece Women podcast. So today we are going to talk about authenticity. It's one of our key pillars. And as you've seen, I've asked just about every single woman in our interviews and in our podcast to share about authenticity and how it's impacted their business, how it's impacted their leadership because it is such a vital tool for each leader on this call today who's listening to this podcast that we all live lives of authenticity because it gives others permission to be real. It gives others permission to really open up and share some of their struggles. And I know personally, my story has impacted more people in my failures than it has when I've shared all the successes I've had. And have I had great success? Absolutely. But you know what's interesting is that God uses every single bit of our failures and our pain. Any pain that you've experienced, although I don't believe God causes it, he allows it to happen for a purpose and for a plan. And I think about as I'm sharing on authenticity and my leadership specifically, I look back and many of the struggles that I had, many of the challenges I had was because of the lack of my authenticity. I didn't share my story literally until I was 35 years old to give you perspective. I lived a life of trying to fill that void with business, with relationships, with material things. I grew a very successful business for many, many years. And then there were some businesses that I had many offices around the country at one point and some failed miserably because of my own lack of security and choosing the wrong partners, choosing the wrong people to support me. And I, I look back and I see all the pain it caused. So I look at all of the things that I walked through as a leader, as a business owner, and the difficulties that I struggled with. And I do believe that if I had been more authentic and I had really dealt with my past at a younger age, I would have avoided so many of the pitfalls. So if you're a younger entrepreneur and you have things in your past that you still have any negative feelings about, if there's anybody's name that comes up that just makes your, you know, insides kind of curdle a little bit, or if there's a situation or a failure you had that any of those things that still have angst, I'm going to encourage you today, ladies, Stop and deal with that because authenticity is such a powerful opportunity to lead better. There's so many things about authenticity. And I want to share a little, a little uh, clip with you here. I'm going to share my screen with you because there's create this little uh, graphic for you to just share in all the ways that authenticity adds value to your organization, but it also adds value to any relationship you have. It adds value to if you're serving in a ministry, it adds value to your marriage, it adds value to your relationship with others, your children, your family members, authenticity and being real about who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, 
and your vulnerabilities, being vulnerable has such a powerful impact on those around you. So let's talk about authenticity, ladies. So authenticity shares about your integrity. When you're a leader and you walk into a management meeting and you own your stuff, you realize, for instance, I was dealing with somebody that um, works for me and my reaction the other day, I was short and abrupt. I was in a hurry and my reaction wasn't as gentle as it probably should have been. My reaction wasn't as loving and kind as it should have been or an encouraging because I want to be an encourager to the women that serve and that work for Masterpiece Women. And I recognized it and I did have to come back and say to her, I am so sorry for my reaction. It was just kind of an abrupt, oh, well, I wish I would have known that kind of thing. It wasn't adding value to her. And I had to step back and be, you know, honest with how I responded and the negativity of it and ask for an apology. Same things when we're parenting or when we're in a relationship, when we say things to people in a way that doesn't empower them. For instance, I've been really focused on health in the last couple of um, months because I recognized I hadn't been taking care of my own health. And thank God I've lost, you know, 20 pounds, which I'm super excited about. However, my husband also is on that journey somewhat. Now, he, you know how men are, right? They, Sorry, guys, if you're on this call, but oftentimes they can just quit eating for a few days and then you lose weight immediately. For us women, especially after 50, it's a little bit more difficult. So I got myself on this plan and it's working really well, thank God. However, I said something to him, he was eating a cookie and I just realized how I reacted and it was in a way of shame. Like, well, why are you eating that? You know, it's not good for you. You know, you're trying to get healthier. You know, the doctor wants you to, you know, lose a few pounds. And it was like, so condemning. And instead of going, Hey babe, is that the best, best health, you know, choice for you? And so I had to come back to him and say, you know, I'm sorry for the way I said that to you. And he kind of looked at me like, how do you say it to me? He didn't even think about it. And from that perspective, he didn't take it that way. But my looking at myself authentically and how I'm responding to people and how I'm speaking to people creates value. And it meant a lot to him that I would come back and say to him, I'm sorry that I said that in a shameful way or in a you know, condemning way. I should have asked you and just responded differently. So I'm really sorry that I said it that way. And paying attention, it builds trust because he knows that I'm not putting him down. I'm not shaming him. And same thing with my employee, right? And so we all have these reactions. And so, you know, when you're talking about the second little bulletin here, the building trust, when your leaders know that they can trust you with the truth, when they fail or they make a mistake or they are scared to ask you because they don't have the answers, they're going to have that trust with you as the leader because they know that you're not going to react negatively to them when your team leader comes to you and says, you know, I really don't know the answers to this. Can you help me navigate through this? Because you're, they're not worried about you thinking less of them because they don't have all the answers. And oftentimes I know as a leader I tended to take too much on. I was very busy and my team sometimes was scared to be authentic with me to say, 
hey, Tina, I don't know the answers to this to this question. I need you to slow down and discuss this with me because I need you to make it clear. Oftentimes they would just choose because I'm also a very empowering leader to try to do it on their own. And it wasn't at all what I had wanted. I then had to own the fact that, well, you should have slowed down and given them more permission. And I recognized that as a leader that I needed to own my own stuff and even the busyness and say, no, I have to be more strategic. I have to be more intentional in my leadership and I'm going to use this opportunity to build trust. I'm going to use this opportunity to give them permission to fail because when you empower your team members, you want to give them permission to fail so that they can be authentic with you and you can discuss the failure because that's where they're going to learn the greatest as well. So there, there are some great values to empowering your team, but also being authentic in your weakness so that they can trust your reactions and build trust that you are going to trust them with those decisions, even though they may fail. And then ethics, you know, we want to create an environment. Now I know I'm speaking to a lot of nurses out there. I have a, you know, background in healthcare staffing. So a lot of the people that are watching this are nurses and, you know, in the hospital, we've always had, I remember when I first started nursing, it was that, oh, you made a medical error. You, you kind of wanted to hide it because you knew you'd probably get fired if, you know, and it didn't hurt the patient. So what are you going to do? And there was this tug with the, you know, the authenticity and the transparency of, well, I don't want to lose my job and I don't want to get sued if it's in the notes that I messed up, but it wasn't the right thing to do to hide it. And so I remember as a young, you know, nurse going to my charge nurse and saying, oh, I gave the wrong medication. I, I had it all set up. I, you know, was in a hurry. I, I, that day I did have too many patients. And so I went to my team leader and had to trust her with that authenticity. And I didn't get reprimanded. I didn't get fired. What we did is put in place actually what it did as well as help the nursing um, directors to see we were too busy. It was, there were so many errors happening because we had too many patients to care for. And so it was really hard to balance it all. It was hard to get, you know, you, you had a medication error if you didn't do it within an hour of when it was ordered. Well, some days it would be two hours after and I remember, you know, having the angst of, well, do I put it when I really gave it or do I put it when it, I, you know, it was supposed to be due and I did the right thing. And sometimes it would come back and they would say, Tina, you're late on your meds. Well, I had eight patients. There's no way I can do it all. And so the, it helped change. And now it's evolved in the last 30 years. I just aged myself greatly <laughs> to where it's encouraged. Authenticity is encouraged because they know that it protects the patients better because you can figure out what is it that's call, causing these medication errors? Is the person too tired? Is the person that, do they have too many patients? What does that look like? And so a lot of quality control goes into 
looking at medication errors and how can they have been prevented? Because ultimately, nurses don't have a heart to hurt the patients. Nurses don't have a heart to give the wrong medications or to do the wrong thing to a patient. It's often a lack of staffing. And so that's why I was so passionate about healthcare staffing, because I really felt like we were making an impact in that. So then in the line, the next one is aligning values. So when you promote authenticity in leadership, you align your values. You know what the values of your team members are and you know, they know what your values are and transparency and authenticity and bravery to be able to stand up in front of your team and say, I made the wrong decision here and we're going to pivot because I see it's not working. And it aligns your team with you because they grow from your mistakes. I'll never forget that one of my greatest opportunities to change people's lives were when I was authentic, I stood up, I was raising funds for projects around the world, addressing human trafficking, and I stood up in front of 300 of my peers and shared about my sexual child abuse. What that did for the women in that room, I can't even describe to you, and some men as well, because they also reached out to me, because people saw me as a stellar leader in the business community. I was involved in all kinds of charity. I was you know, very philanthropic, and I was well-known in my community, and all these people heard me share the pain of my childhood and how it had affected me, and how I had hidden it, and not shared it with anybody, and even the poverty that I walked through as a child. People just had it this preconceived notion that I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. That's not the case at all. There was a point that we were on welfare. There's a point that we were on food stamps as a kid. There was a point that we lived in absolutely zero indoor plumbing, and in a three room shack with like, I don't know, like 12, I think I counted one time there's 15 other people in three rooms, not three bedrooms, three rooms. And I share that because that's where my roots were. That's where I grew up. And having been exploited by four other men in my life, by the time I was 12 years old, it was a painful childhood, but there were good things about it too. And I look back and I remember in my younger days, in my twenties and thirties, I couldn't remember any of the good. All I focused on was the negative. And so when I shared that, it opened up the next bullet, which is conversation. Women were coming to me and then I started speaking all over the world and all over the world, it was the same story. One in three women, it's actually you know, the statistics show it's one in three women in the U.S. have been exploited by the time they're 18. Well, the reality is if it's one in three, then it's probably truly one in two. So 50% of you listening were exploited. And I pray to God that you have walked through that and you've walked through healing. And if you haven't, PM me. I would happily, happily, very joyfully start you on that path. I'll schedule a call with you and just help you navigate. It may be getting a good counselor. And so that's the opportunity that it afforded me to have those conversations to be able to help women navigate onto the next step in their life, to overcome the pain, to overcome that fear. Because oftentimes abuse 
keeps us in a place of fear, keeps us in a place of insecurity, keeps us in a place of just not feeling good about ourselves, not valuing ourselves. So we don't succeed in whatever it is that God's planned for us. The reality is we're all masterpieces and he's already created plans and he wants to use whatever you've walked through, whatever your story is. So ladies, share your story because you free so many people to be able to share their stories. So it's conversation, it's supporting. I rallied so many women around me to support me in my efforts to help free women from bondage, from oppression, from human trafficking. Because I shared my story authentically, I rallied women from all over my community who heard about it, said, I want to support in this in this initiative. And so a lot of those women are still involved now in Masterpiece Women now that God's called me to create this movement of masterpiece women, they're engaged in part of my leadership group because they chose to support me. And truthfully, a lot of it was because of my vulnerability and authenticity with them, just sharing who I was, my good, the bad, the ugly, my successes, my failures, and my pain because they could relate to me. And so I'm going to encourage you, if you're building any kind of platform, whether it's a ministry, even with your children, I know that has been very valuable for my children to help understand sometimes even my reactions to things. I realize I'm always a work in progress and there's triggers that come up that I have to address sometimes. And me saying to my children, look, that's a trigger for me. And sometimes it makes me feel vulnerable when this happens. And so if I react negatively, feel free to call me on it. And that's where the self-awareness comes in. The next one is the self-awareness. You are self, become more and more self-aware when you're authentic and realize I've got some triggers that I recognize happen. And I was vulnerable with one of the women that work for me with Masterpiece Women said, you know, one of my triggers is people telling me what to do, not having the control. And I remember when God called me in to, you know, leading this movement against human trafficking years ago and climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and climbing Base Camp Everest and the Alps and all these crazy mountains that I climbed. And I'll talk about that in another segment and talk about all the wonderful leadership tools that God gave me from those mountain climbs. But the self-awareness issue, and I said to her, I said, I struggle when people tell me what to do. You can ask me to do something. You can say, hey, this is a better way. I'm open. Like I am a team player. But if you tell me you're wrong and it's better this way, my defenses go up so fast. And I have to recognize that that's a trigger of mine from my childhood. Because when I was a child, I believed nobody was going to protect me but me. And I need to take care of me. And that's not a good way to build an organization. That's not a good way to build a team. You have to be self-aware of who you are, what your vulnerabilities are, what your triggers are, so that when you feel triggered and you have this sense of frustration because something happens what is it in you that's triggering it? So it makes you self-aware. And me being able to share that with her, how she speaks to me now is a little different. And I appreciate that. And at the same time, I'm more self-aware that 
some personalities may trigger that in me. And God has put a lot of those stronger personalities in my walk lately. And I think it's because he wants me to grow. He's given me an opportunity to grow. And my team members are strong, motivated women. And I'm so excited to have them involved. And I have to choose to grow. I have to choose to be the leader that he's called me to be and not allow offense. Because one of the greatest things that can happen in any organization, any business, ministry, families, relationships, you name it, is if we're not self-aware of our triggers and we react in manners that don't add value to others, it deflates them. And we don't want to deflate others. We want to be encouragers. It gives us permission to speak into their lives because they know they can trust us. They know that we have aligned values. They know that we can have a conversation. They know we're people of integrity. They know that we are supporting of them. They also, our last one is challenging. We're going to be able to challenge others because we can be real and we can challenge ourselves and they can challenge us in how they ask us things because they trust us, because they know we have built those relationships, we've built that trust, and they can work with us and they can lead up. We can lead up, we can lead down. It gives us permission to do so. And so if you are having any challenges with authenticity, I'm gonna encourage you today, ladies, Join us in our membership. We are so authentic. We're so real. We're so challenging. And we're also so collaborative. We're working together to build organizations God's way and make an impact in this world. And by the way, for those of you that were at our luncheon, if you live in South Florida, if not, we're sorry you missed it, but definitely think about joining some of our programs that are coming up, some of our events. We have a retreat in October. We only have five spots left. So go to our website, masterpiecewomen.org, and make sure that you are joining us. You don't want to miss it. And just join the movement of these passionate, excited women who want to transform the world. We're also taking a mission to, I started to say, and I got distracted when I started talking about the membership and the retreat. It's so exciting. Um, we are going to Africa in May. We're going to go join Banyan Air and their um, quest to serve the people at Egbe in Nigeria, Africa in May of 2023. So if you have a heart to do missions, and you are passionate about joining us, let me know. I would love to hear from you. Go to our website, contact us. All the details will be in our website in the next few months. We're finalizing all of that. So we have some great opportunities to go serve, add value to other women, and make an impact in the world. And I'm going to encourage all of my nurse friends on here we need nurses and doctors to join us as well, but you don't have to be a healthcare professional to join us. You can have any gift and talent. We can use it in Africa with us. So you can also bring your children as long as they're old enough to travel. Like, you know, we prefer 10 and above because it is a difficult um, travel opportunity. You do have to go a couple of 
you know, hours on dirt roads. And so young infants sometimes don't handle some of those types of trips really well. And you can bring your spouses if you have a spouse as well. So there is a little bit of a um, questionnaire that they require that we have to do. And we'll be doing that as we move forward. But yes, so it's exciting stuff. Lots of great things happening with Masterpiece Women Movement. So join us, ladies. And if you have gifts and talents you want to share with the world, we would love to have you as a volunteer. We have lots of opportunity for you to share whether it's writing skills, it's administrative skills, it's graphic skills, you name it, we need it. So we look forward to seeing you on our next or hearing you, letting you hear us, I guess, on the next podcast and have a wonderful, blessed day. 